Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So today, we are going to talk about uh, some questions that somebody sent me. There are still people who are leaning into the idea that Russia is on some next-level 4D chess type of stuff. So we're going to go through these questions, which are being presented as unanswerable. And we're going to answer them. (laughs) Um, These questions get presented, and then it leads people down this road where they start embracing wild ideas. And really, it's all centered on misunderstanding one simple thing. So we're just going to kind of run through it and hope that we can kind of put this part behind us. Um, the, the, the real issue here for a lot of people is perceived capability versus actual capability. A lot of people, Western analysts included, have equated Russia with the Soviet Union and therefore Warsaw Pact for a long time. Russia has a GDP of $1.5 trillion. They are not an economic superpower. They cannot afford the military the Soviet Union had. It's that simple. That's where people need to start. Because of the perceived capability being high and the actual capability being pretty low, it makes it even more dramatic. So people have to seek out an explanation for why they believed Russia was so strong, rather than just kind of acknowledging that the estimates were wrong, like they had to do when it came to Ukraine. The estimates about Ukraine were that they were going to fold in a week. Most, not all, most Western analysts believed Ukraine didn't have a shot. They misread their intent, thought they were going to roll over. And that's the part you have to understand. Russia did the same thing. Russia believed, because of previous experience with Ukraine, in in recent memory, they believed Ukraine was just going to give up pretty easily that they were going to be able to occupy pretty easily. So that's what they planned for. And because they thought it was going to be easy, they divided stuff up in a very PR fashion. So each one of their little... So each group within the Russian military got its its time to shine so they would get good PR videos or whatever. Um, That's what happened. And keep in mind, the operational template that was used in Ukraine, exactly what they did, you can go back and watch, let's talk about the futures of Ukraine. And I outline exactly what they did before they ever crossed the border. It's not a mystery. It's not some next level strategy. They messed up. Where did it start? At the Capitol, which is good because this is actually the first question. There are people who still believe the Capitol was a diversion. It wasn't. Here, this is how we know this. They deployed the VDV, their paratroopers, crack troops, top-tier troops. You don't waste troops like that on a diversion where you know most of them aren't coming back. 
they tried to take the capital from the air. Um, so that's your, your big sign, is the presence of, of high-end troops. You don't waste them on, on diversions like this that are going to have high losses. The next thing people point to is, well, see, it had to be a diversion. That's why they ran out of supplies, because they didn't really care about supplying them. No, that doesn't make any sense. The reality is the exact opposite. They ran out of supplies because they thought they were going to take the capital easily and could resupply there. So they didn't bring a lot. If you were going to stage a diversion and you knew you were going to be out in the field moving around, you would bring more supplies. You would bring more gas. The thing that people are pointing to as evidence of it being a diversion is pretty hard evidence that they intended on taking the capital. The next piece of uh, evidence... A lot of these troops brought their dress uniforms because they thought it would be over. They were coming for the parade. Um, not something you would bring if, if you're going to be out in the mud rolling around. Another thing that they brought with them is the police. And this is incredibly strong evidence. If you're going to be doing a military diversion, you don't bring a bunch of cops who don't know how to move. You bring cops if you think you're going to take the capital and you need riot control. That's what they did. It was a, a legitimate move on the capital, and they failed. It's that simple. Don't look for a hidden strategy where none exists. They tried to take the capital, and they tried to take it in the way that, in that first video, <laughs> I said I didn't think was likely. I didn't think it was likely because it's, it was pretty much guaranteed to end up the way it did. Um, there's the idea, the next question is, there's the idea that analysts are misreading Russia's grand strategy because Western analysts don't know about combined arms, I guess. Um, because, because most Westerners who are looking at this they see it as hugely different because this is on the plains of Europe and all of that. They're looking at it and saying, this war is different. Therefore, since it's different than what Western analysts have been dealing with, they don't understand it. No. That, that's not what's occurring. People are pointing to the tank battles and saying tank battles haven't occurred in a long time. I mean, sure. I mean, not in any widespread way, I guess. Um, the thing is, it isn't the West that is failing to understand what they're doing. Russia is not deploying infantry screens. That's the reason Russia is taking so many, so many losses when it comes to armor. Infantry screens are troops that sit outside. They're outside of the tanks to protect the tanks from things like javelins. This is something that has been common since World War II. This is something that any corporal in the Army or the Marines would know. Um, it's a failure of doctrine on the Russian side of things. That's why they're having so many problems, because they have bad communication and they can't actually achieve the combined part of combined arms. Um, so the next question, why are they letting Zelensky, why are they letting him go? Um, it's bold to assume that Russia has the capability to take him out. Um, let's be clear. They've tried. They sent in Wagner. It failed. People are looking at Russia 
and believing that it is comparable to the U.S. in every way. Russia never put any any research, any money, any desire into developing total information awareness on a battlefield. That's not a thing that they tried to do. So they don't have those capabilities. Um, it's also worth noting that I don't think the U.S. could do it in two months. That That's a pretty tall order. This isn't a movie. In real life, tracking down a specific person across combat zones is like really hard. See, bin Laden took 10 years. The idea that it's proof of some grand conspiracy that Russia hasn't been able to do it in a couple months, that's silly. Um, they have tried to do it, and they have failed because they don't have that technology. Russia is a near peer. They are not a peer. They are not the Warsaw Pact. Last one, and at least this one's true. Russia isn't putting their full weight, their full military strength into this invasion. That's true. That's actually happening. But it's not because there's some grand military strategy. It's because they're staying prepared for a NATO counterattack. If they were to put all of their forces into Ukraine and NATO was to respond, NATO would destroy them quickly. Russia cannot stand up to NATO. The only thing that makes them a near peer at this point is their strategic arsenal, their nuclear arsenal. That's it. In a, in a conventional fight, Russia versus NATO, Russia doesn't stand a chance. It's, it's incredibly lopsided. Aside from that, NATO isn't Russia's only concern. They have taken bits of countries along their borders for decades and decades and decades. Japan, a country you wouldn't really think of having a beef with Russia. There's islands that are contested. If Russia starts to waver, if they don't have the troops to defend those islands, if, if Japan decides to take them, Japan might decide to take them. That's why those troops are being held in reserve. It's not a sign of some grand strategy um, for Ukraine. I think possibly the strongest evidence that Russia miscalculated is them calling up the reservists. Troops that won't be ready for months. Your diversion around the capital, it would have to be diverting from something that mattered, right? They have months before the troops show up, before they can actually really restart operations on any significant level. What Russia's going to try to do next, more than likely, is move at a slow and deliberate pace and take as much of the country as they can or they want. That's where they're at next. They're going to move out of the east and try to move slowly. Now they're actually using a strategy from World War II. This is why Ukraine is asking for different types of equipment from the west now. If the west gives it to them, Russia's probably going to be defeated again. The further they move from Russia, the further those troops get out, the more those logistical issues are going to show, and the more they'll fail. Especially if Ukraine devotes any attention to disrupting those supplies. People were expecting the Warsaw Pact. They got Russia of today. That, that's what happened. There's no great mystery here. Never attribute to conspiracy what you can attribute 
to incompetence. None of this is really shocking. None of this is an unanswerable question. It's all pretty basic. Um, don't go down the conspiracy road with this at this point. There were people who were making this claim from the beginning. You know, the first week. We are weeks and weeks into this. You, you don't suffer the kind of losses Russia is suffering <laughs> without shifting, um, without enacting your grand plan if you had one. Um, the reality is they're just losing the war. That's, that's the simple answer. And if NATO continues to provide the assistance that Ukraine needs, they will lose the war. Um, in, in many ways, when you're talking about the actual goals of war, Russia lost in the first 72 hours. Um, because the war isn't always just about land. There's the geopolitical considerations. And after 72 hours, when they demonstrated that they weren't the modern military that many countries perceived them to be, they lost the war. There is no way, no matter what happens at this point, even if they were to take and hold the whole country, Russia does not walk out of this in a better position than when it started. There, there's no way for that to occur now. This was a huge error geopolitically. There were huge errors in the strategic and operational phases of this. And even at the tactical level, because they're using a lot of conscripts, they're failing there too. It isn't going well. The, the answer is, is that Russia messed up. Not that there's some super secret strategy that after all this time, they're, they're just waiting for the right moment to enact. Um, don't, don't look for, don't look for a reason for your initial assumption to be right. The initial assumption was that Russia is the Warsaw Pact, that they have that much power, that they have that capability. They don't. Anything trying to, uh, explain away their failures is probably rooted in that. Anyway, it's uh, just a thought. Y'all have a good day.